Hey guys, welcome back to Making Room. It is September 1st, which is so wild to me. Not sure if I'm ready for fall yet or not, but today was a pretty good way to kick it off. Today's conversation is with Cassie Joy Garcia from fedandfit.com or the Instagram handle at fedandfit. And I told her I feel like I was having a conversation with a long lost friend. I have been following her, her work, and her page for probably, oh man, like six-ish years. Um, Right when Colby and I got married and I started eating paleo and figuring out health stuff, I found her. And since then, her life has drastically changed with kids and dogs and a growing business. And what they offer at Fed and Fit has also drastically evolved um, and grown. And oh my goodness, there's just so much to talk about today with where they're headed and what they're launching So before we go into this conversation, that really was just, oh gosh, so fun. I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Cassie. So Cassie Joy Garcia is a best-selling author of The Cook Once Dinner Fix, Cook Once Eat All Week, and Fed and Fit, as well as the creative force behind the popular food blog, Fed and Fit. Eager to share her healthy living secrets with the world, she started Fed and Fit in 2011, Since then, she became a holistic nutrition consultant and transitioned her personal blog into a tremendously supportive and nimble online wellness editorial, backed by a small but mighty team of writers, researchers, and editors. After realizing that her own struggles to get a healthy homemade dinner on the table overlapped with the same struggles experienced by her readers, she decided that there must be a better way. The Cook Once method was born and has revolutionized how people cooked. She lives in San Antonio, Texas with her husband and two children and one on the way. (laughs) I don't want to wait any longer, guys. This conversation, I keep using the word fun. It just really was. I was smiling the whole time. And I hope that you uh, just get so much from this conversation between the two of us covering so many different topics along the way. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable. And sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. Hey, Cassie, welcome to Making Room. So glad we're doing this. Glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I I feel like in some ways I followed you for such a while and you're so good at just like sharing snippets about your life and your family that you really welcome your followers into that with you. And so I feel like we've known each other forever. You know? <laughs> I love that. I know. I know. It's sweet. Um, so for those of those, for those people listening that maybe haven't followed you or don't know you as well and about your family, um, I wanted to start off with maybe some just like little fun facts about you and fed and fit. So one of my favorite fun facts about you is you studied bugs in um, college, right? I did. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, Katie, I don't want to offend her. <laughs> What's the actual name for the it, study of bugs? Entomology. Okay. <laughs> no, I love it because I honestly don't have anyone in my life that has studied bugs. And so whenever you share your fun facts or like people send you pictures and you explain it, I learn so much. <laughs> so I love that about you. 
Oh, that's so funny. It was such a fun, uh, you know, I was pre-med and I knew I wanted to go in that direction. And I took an entomology, not to give too much story right now, but I took a entomology elective in, uh, I think I was a junior. And in that class, I just thought, oh my gosh, these are my people. These are the ones that I want to graduate with. And so I pivoted really in the 11th hour so I could just take as many classes as I could. That's so cool. I love, um, I love stories that have that kind of switch too. Cause that's like, that's brave junior year to switch it was over. My, yeah. <laughs> it was, I think the, the bravest part of that was telling my parents, <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were on board. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like for you now? Like, are you doing much with your major? No, not at all. I mean, the majority I told, I think I told family, I was like, well, I can either go into the business of killing bugs or, (laughs) um, maybe if Nat Geo is ever hiring for a, you know, an insect photographer, I can go, I would happily (laughs) sign up for that. But I'm essentially just the aunt, the cool AUNT, you know, and my family and now I've got kiddos and they're pretty young, but hopefully one day they'll ask where I just get you know, every, when you have a family and there's a nurse in the family or a doctor in the family, you get the the questions about <laughs> health and wellness. I get, I get text messages with pictures of insects from my family asking me, what is this? And is it going to, is it dangerous? <laughs> well, Hey, that's great. I, I should have prefaced. I'm not using my degree currently either. So it wasn't one of those like pressure questions, but it's just always interesting, um, to see where that leads and goes, but that is a cool aunt to have in the family. And then the, I picked up on the regional difference in that word. You say aunt, right? Yes, I do. And we say aunt. How, how funny. And remind me where Isn't you it, are. Uh, we're in Connecticut. So, oh, you're Northeast. in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Yes. How funny. Yeah. Um, okay. So other fun facts, you have two girls and one on the way. Do we know the gender yet? You don't have to disclose it. Oh no, it's, it's, there's no secret. It's our third girl. No way, Cassie. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so you have Grayson Bishop and baby number three. Yep. We're calling her, her nickname belly. We, we give a belly nickname to every baby. Um, this belly nickname, we're calling her bean for now. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. And then two dogs, Gus and Ben. Gus and Ben are two giant furry family members. (laughs) And it's so funny as a follower of just like fed and fit and you, I just feel like they're such a part of the brand even. (laughs) They are right. They really are. Mm -hmm. And what breed are they? They're great Pyrenees or at least mostly, you know, we, uh, both of them were adopted and there's a chance that there, there's other things in there, but mostly Pyrenees. Okay. They're gorgeous and so sweet. Um, so this past week, um, everything that we do at, through making room and our greater brand gather, um, is to equip and inspire the everyday hosts. So we really want to talk about various, um, dynamics and topics within hospitality. And someone, um, asked this week, um, if we could talk about the dynamic of pets and hospitality. Ooh. It was very, I know, isn't that good? Um, And I was very honest with people like I grew up in an extended family where there were no animals, kind of like a strict no pet generational thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my husband's family, everybody has a pet. And so we just uh, recently got our first dog. So it's been my first dog, you know, in my life. Um, And so I've really been able to see both sides, like people that are uncomfortable because of either trauma or, you know, with an animal bite or lack Mm -hmm. of exposure. And then people that just 
you know, dogs are family. So I wanted to hear a little bit from you. Um, when you have guests over, what does that look like with the dogs? Like, do you, I guess specifically if you don't know where they stand or if you know they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't know where they stand, then what we do is I will put the boys outside. So Gus and Ben are inside outside dogs. If you're listening and you're familiar with the Pyrenees brand, brand, uh, oh I my gosh, it. breed. breed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no tag on them. Well, there are, but not that kind. Um, if you're, if you're familiar with this breed, you know, you might know that they're typically used a lot in livestock management. And so sometimes when people are like, wait a second, you have great Pyrenees in your house. That's like, I might as well say that there's a donkey that sleeps in our bedroom. Um, and so anyway, so we will put the boys outside if there's somebody new coming over. And of course they're barking and they're confused because they don't realize that they're animals. And, um, and I usually ask the person when they come in, uh, so we have these two big dogs. How do you feel about dogs? Do they make you nervous? And I will ask it very specifically because instead of just saying, um, are you okay with me letting the dogs in? If I say, are you okay with me letting the dogs in people want to be accommodating, right? Right. And they're going to want to answer. Well, yes, of course you can let them in, even if it makes them nervous. But if I ask a more specific question that gives them room to answer, honestly, I have found that they'll more inclined to do that. And if I say, do uh, big dogs make you nervous? And if they say, yes, actually big dogs do make me nervous. I was like, okay, great to know. They'll be fine outside. Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh no, oh my gosh, I grew up with a great Pyrenees. I would love to hug them. Then I say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to let one in right now because both of them together can be a little overwhelming. And even if they're a super pro dog, right, I still will move slowly. And I also warn them, um, you're going to have hair and slobber on you by the time you leave, <laughs> you know, just proceed with caution. And I just try to make it as abundantly clear that it's not an inconvenience to us to leave them outside. Mm-hmm. And I love that too. Like the way you're talking about the balance, like there's no question that you guys love the dogs. So there's Mm -hmm. a way to make the animals comfortable and your guests comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you know, know, the dogs don't have to suffer when you have guests over. It's just finding that balance. So people feel, I guess, like safe belonging, all those things. Totally. And if they're there for a long period of time. um, So if it's just somebody coming over, just, I don't know, just to say hi or pop in and out, then we'll leave them in the backyard. Cause that's usually where they're happiest. But if it's like a dinner party, for example, you know, obviously that's appropriate conversation here, but if it's a dinner party or something where there's a lot of folks around then we'll just put them in our bedroom where it's nice and cool. The fan is on, it's where they have their giant beds and we close the door and we give them some, their favorite cookies and they just hang out in there and they're totally fine and comfortable. And then as our, our guests, Yeah. That's awesome. I love the way that you taught, you know, touch on a few points, like you're specific with the way that you ask, because it is so true. Um, people want to be accommodating, especially if it's a first time guest or, Mm -hmm. um, all of those things. So I love hearing that from you. Um, just because like I said, I know there's such a part of your family, but so is hospitality. And so that balance is really sweet. Um, so, okay, let's, shift just a little bit, um, because we've talked about a few different things here. So we started with, um, college. Um, oh my gosh, Cassie, tell me again what the study of bugs is. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Uh, entomology. So entomology, entomology. that's mm-hmm. not difficult. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm 
just never really heard it. Okay. So you started with entomology and then somehow you ended up studying nutrition. So what was that? Um, what was that like that shift? You know, I had always had an interest. I actually went to a uh, high school. It was called a magnet school. So it was public, but you had to apply to get in in San Antonio, Texas called health careers high school. Wow. And so I've always, almost always, as far as really as back as I can remember, had an interest in health and wellness in some capacity. And so I went to health careers high school, went to, and then went on to Texas A&M university. And like I said, I was, um, pre-med just, you know, because if you're interested in health and wellness, that's just the general trajectory. And, um, I got to the point where I was, I'd nearing graduation. I'd actually taken my MCATs and I was really proud of how I'd done, but I felt like I was on this runaway train Hmm. of time. And I hadn't, it was almost like med school was just the next step versus is this really what I'm choosing now, you know, as a 21, 22 year old. And so what I decided to do was go and work for a doctor who was doing what I thought I wanted to do, but they were also going to offer me some insight and experience into a couple of the things I was toying with. And so I was somewhat interested in public health. I was somewhat interested in healthcare administration. And so they kind of offered this really diverse exposure to all of these different things. And it was actually in working in that office that I realized I did not want to do those three things. Mm-hmm. And um, for one reason or another, but what I, what light bulb did go off was I saw the impact that nutrition counseling had on the patients at this doctor's office. It was profound. It was really incredible. The, the diseases, the chronic diseases that were reversed in some cases, for example, um, through just a therapeutic, uh, nutrition program. And so that really got me curious. And I thought, what if I can help people just really take exceptional, exceptional care of themselves, not necessarily treat them once they're, um, at, at this stage of unwell, but what if I can help them maybe prolong getting to this point? And so that's when I got curious. And then I just really took myself on as my first client, so to speak. Um, I also was having some chronic pain, knees and hips that really hurt uh, a lot of mental fog. And I just kept gaining weight and back in, this was 2009 timeframe. There wasn't a whole lot of conversation around food quality. It was all about food quantity, right? Calories in, calories out. If you want to see a healthy lifestyle change, you just need to change how much you're eating. And none of that worked for me. And so I thought, well, I've got to try something different. And I did and really got a new lease on life, decided that nutrition was for sure the way I wanted to go. And what was the name of the program again? I know you've shared, I just can't remember. Oh yeah. So I went through Bowman college. It's a California based holistic nutrition program. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Just in case anyone is curious. So, um, okay. So you finished that program and when did recipe development start? Um, you know, it was actually probably a little bit before that when I took myself on as that kind of first client, so to speak. And when I started to get this new lease on life and I realized I was feeling so great because of the kinds of foods that I had changed that were showing up on my plate and really knowing what I know now, I just had an unhealthy gut, right? And so there were foods I was eating that were just causing a lot of inflammation. Now I've healed my gut and so I can eat and tolerate a whole lot more. 
Um, but because I had kind of restricted down the types of foods that I was eating, I was getting really bored to tears of, you know, the grilled chicken and the broccoli and the sweet potato and the fruit. I was ready for something else. And so I started experimenting with recipes, right? Ways to mix and match some of these foods that I know were going to really work for me and work for my body right now, but still going to keep mealtime interesting because I felt so great. I didn't want food boredom to be the reason that I stopped doing this thing. And so creating recipes and having a place to share them was really why I started the website. So that's when Fed and Fit was born. That was in 2011. And I started just sharing recipes as I had them. And as you know, and sharing my lessons learned along the way. Wow. Really sweet. Really, really sweet process. I was trying to think of when I started following you. I I think it's been five years, which would bring us to, oh my gosh, what year would that be? I wasn't good. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because we were newly married. I had just started paleo and that's when I stumbled upon you guys. So cool. You were kind of a few years in at that point. Yep. Um, Okay. So after the recipe creating and the development of fed and fit kind of came what appeared to me like as a follower, as an outsider of this, like realization that, oh my goodness, weeknight meals and weeknight cooking is hard. Um, Mm -hmm. especially for people that value healthy eating, you know, Mm -hmm. because it can be so complicated, um, especially at the beginning, what led to your breaking point, um, that, okay, not only is this a problem for people, but I want to do something about it. You know, I, I, in my own life was thinking, and sometimes this is what happens, right? When we have our own challenges in our own lives, we think we're the only ones, Mm. or at least, at least I do that over and over again. And I was just thinking is much, even though I love to cook, it's what I, I, I'm a perfect, you could argue I'm a professional cook, right? This is what I do for (laughs) a living. I love creating recipes, but getting dinner on the table was such a challenge night after night. I was feeling burnt out by the effort, whether I was meal prepping on the weekend, right. And trying to get ahead, or I was, um, making a fresh meal every single night. It just felt unsustainable to me. It was too expensive, took too much time. And I felt like I was spending so much decision. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with like decision fatigue, like I was hitting decision fatigue too early in my week, just because of meals. And I just thought there's gotta be a better way. Um, and so I started experimenting in my own life. And then what I realized is in sharing that I wasn't alone, actually, I had a bunch of readers who were raising their hands and saying, it's, it's a challenge for me too. Why is this such a challenge? And so that was just more fuel to my fire to want to really figure out a solution. Mm. Um, so is it safe to say that your solution was your first book, the cook ones eat all week? It is. Yes. And that's actually my, uh, it was the first in this series. Um, fed and fit was my very first book, which is paleo. I don't, I, I'm not saying anybody should go out and grab it, but that was, um, probably all of my nutrition philosophy was packed into that book. And then cook once eat all week was my solution to really the folks who are meal prepping on the weekends, mm-hmm. right? the folks who really wanted that to be easier. So if you already were used to a prep day, for example, if you were already used to putting in a little time in advance, um, then that was a way to hopefully make things a little bit easier for you. Mm -hmm. And I loved it and was on that launch team. Um, Oh, yay. Yeah, I know. So fun. And we, I mean, we loved that book, but then came cook once dinner fix and 
Oh my gosh, Cassie, you and the team. I mean, you just outdid yourself. Oh, (laughs) really? Really? I didn't want to like disclose too much at the beginning of the episode, but this week I just like have not been able to put this book down. And I'm someone that really values like aesthetic and in your brand, it's very clear that you guys do too. Every detail in the book is just so stunning and just like sucks you in. So there's that. (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. Yeah, really. I, I just was like, your first book was incredible, but I was like, oh my gosh, this one, like (laughs) you could just see all the hours of details and, um, the creative hours behind it, but let's talk more about like the transformation that you're hoping through this one Mm -hmm. specifically compared or what makes it different than the last one. So cook once dinner fix was when I, when I wrote cook once eat all week, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought, okay, I'm done. I solved it, (laughs) you know, and I was not thinking I was going to come and tackle a similar issue again, but it became really clear as time went on and feedback started to come in and feedback was great, really great. And there were folks who said, I love this, but I wish it had X, Y, Z, you know, and I really, I I like to pay attention. I pay very close attention to what our readers say. It's really important to me to make sure that I am providing quality solutions. And I started to realize my work is not done here. You know, I don't think that I have solved it totally. And so some of the biggest requests, uh, the request is what formulated cook one's dinner fix. And I actually think, I really do believe this is my best work yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really proud of it. And in a lot of ways, this is actually how I cook in my own home more often than not. I, I actually have graduated more away from the meal prepping, mm-hmm. um, a prep day, for example, which is what's required with cook once eat all week. And this is how I cook in my home is what you'll find in dinner fix, where it's really two dinners that are paired together. Mm-hmm. Whereas cook once eat all week has three, three big dinners, right. Mm-hmm. That all use similar ingredients. And in my own home, I like to lean on meals that stretch between two because A, it's easier for me to wrap my head around that. I find that I'm able to incorporate more nutrients that way. So let's say if we do a beef uh, dinner series, I can also grab one from the seafood chapter, right? And then I can start to weave together this more various foods that are showing up on mine and my family's plates. Um, So that was a big request that had come in was, you know, we went, uh, so I think some of the anecdotes were, um, oh gosh, I love chicken and sweet potato and broccoli as an next person, but please stop making me eat it three times a week, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, uh, loud and clear, I get that. And so what, uh, dinner fixes, we slimmed it down into the two dinners to hopefully offer more ingredient flexibility. Um, a lot of people also wanted to do away with the prep day and I'm here for it because I did too. And so I did, there's no prep day required with dinner fix. Instead, your prep is done while you make the meal, especially meal number one. Um, And I have some tips on things that you can do to get ahead, but it's not the same as a meal prep mindset. Um, And then another big request that had come through and it makes so much sense in hindsight, isn't hindsight just a funny thing, but (laughs) is for complete meals with cook ones eat all week. I was providing people in most cases with a main dish. And then that was it. And people would ask, readers would ask, okay, yes, but what do I serve these stuffed avocados with? And I would just kind of say, I don't, 
I don't know, whatever you've got in your kitchen, (laughs) you know, like, and that's not helpful. It's not helpful to tell people that. And so uh, in cook once dinner fix, you are, I swung for the fences and I'm giving you complete meals. And as a nutritionist, not that you're going to look, flip through this, hopefully and think, Oh, yep. A nutritionist definitely (laughs) wrote these recipes. Um, hopefully they're really approachable and family friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, they are balanced, right? The macros and the micronutrients, there's a lot of thought and care that went into planning these meals. But if there's a brisket, for example, I'm also giving you a recipe for a cheesy polenta and a zesty cabbage slaw to go with it, mm-hmm. with that meal. So I'm just really proud of it um, for all of those reasons. Lots of modifications because I can't help myself um, after working in the special diet industry for so long and trying to cater to folks who had dairy-free, egg-free, grain-free, gluten-free, you name it. Um, I wanted to make sure that those people felt seen and supported by this book. And so if there was a modification possible and all of them were tested and there were some that didn't make it in the book because you just wouldn't have gotten the same dish, you know, and I, there's nothing. So I've, I've made those modifications before I've made those dairy-free modifications and thought, well, this isn't the same thing as what's in the picture, you know? And so that's important to me to make sure that if you are following a special diet like that, that you feel this is the same dish. Um, So those are in there. And then I also included two new chapters. So in addition to poultry, beef, and pork, I also included a seafood chapter, which is pretty short because seafood being repurposed for a second meal is very tricky. And there's a lot also that left uh, got left on the cutting room floor, but the ones that are in there are excellent. And then there's a vegetarian chapter. Mm-hmm. And the vegetarian chapter is where I went first. We've just been trying, not for any particular reason, but to go meatless a few nights a week. And I just kind of feel better, whatever we can dive into that another time. But, (laughs) um, I went with the lentils and I don't know why I did this. I've never cooked with lentils before. And I spend a lot of time in the kitchen and Colby was like, why'd you pick the hardest one? You need to take pictures of this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but it, I mean, first of all, you made it so simple. It was so good. And what I loved about the two lentil recipes, um, So like you said, we're cooking them back to back. They felt so different each night, you know, Mm -hmm. like each one came with their own incredible flavors and different texture. Um, It really didn't feel like we were eating the same food groups or a repeat. I mean, you know, I always say you nailed it, but Netflix made that show nailed it, which is a bad thing. (laughs) 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 So like, watch your words, girlfriend. (laughs) You guys did such a good job. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, so just really quick um, to talk about the transformation and hopes for this book. Let's talk um, to the hosts that might be having, I don't know, say 10 people over. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that this can help them with prep for a gathering too? Oh, absolutely. And that's really, I have such a heart for helping streamline hosting events. Um I think that there's so much that can be done as long as you, I think that if you pick your menu and, and dinner fix is something that you can definitely incorporate into this. So let's say you're flipping through, we have a, oh gosh, there's a really 
this is this would be an adventurous pick, but but you can do it if you're listening. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do that, just hear me. You can. There is a roasted duck dinner series mm-hmm. in this book, and it's really delicious and it's not fussy. All right. This it's essentially going to be no different than roasting a chicken, except you're going to get a whole bunch of duck fat out of it. And that's uh, such a win. You're going to be able to use that forever. Um, but so, you know, I think about, I would choose the meal that you're going to be really proud to serve or this series that you're going to be really excited to serve, um, the people that are coming over and excited to roll your sleeves up and prepare, you know, there's something really, exciting, at least to me. And there's a lot of joy in being able to prepare a food for a group of people. And what I would do is when you pick that meal, when you pick that dinner series, pick it early and then read it in its entirety, read the whole recipe days in advance. And what you're going to do by, by accomplishing that you're, or by doing that, you're going to accomplish getting your head wrapped around what all is involved to pull this meal together. Because when you're in the, it's the three hours before folks show up throw, right? Maybe your hair's still wet. It's up in a towel. And, um, if you're, this is how I host, right? My hair is probably still wet. Um, my house isn't quite, I haven't swept it one more time yet. Right. And I'm just trying to start on the longer proteins or the longer things that require more time in the oven. I don't really want to have to be going back and learning a recipe for the first time, right? Reading it for the first time in that moment. I want to kind of already have an idea of what's expected of me right now to pull this together. Uh, Cause you have other things on your mind, right? People coming, showing up. Um, do you, have you put out the glasses? Have you chilled the wine? If you, if you host with wine, for example, um, things like that. And so be familiar with the recipe. And I think what you're going to find is that there's some things that you can do in advance to save yourself some time. And so the tips that I have woven into the book, for example, are if you want to get ahead for this recipe, do these two or three things. And I would really recommend you lean into that a full day in advance, you know, so yeah. So like, you know, um, pre chopping some of the vegetables or pre measuring out even some of the grains. So you're not having to measure and get out all your measuring spoons right away. Those things are already done there in bowls. So all you have to do is dump them into the pot to get them started. Hmm. So, so good. And I love, I love even that you noted, um, not only are there options for swaps and substitutions for special dietary needs, but you guys have tested and they're going to taste the same. So even if a host is making the difference for Dairy free mm-hmm. or gluten free, they could feel confident serving their whole table, which is a win. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? That brings up a really good thought. And it can be very intimidating when you're hosting folks to, and, and something that I like to do when I'm hosting is I ask folks for their dietary needs, right? Um, let me know if you're, and I'm sure y'all cover this, but um, if there's gluten-free, dairy-free, any, any kind of ingredient that I want to avoid, because what I like to do is when I'm serving a meal, I like to find the lowest common denominator and serve that for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think there's something very accommodating and welcoming in that so that nobody feels called out. Nobody's like, Oh, here's the, uh, dairy-free polenta for Susie down the table. You know, it's like, um, it just, it's a little, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's very thoughtful to do. Um, but I find that that's a little extra work on you. Um, and sometimes it's just a little bit of an odd experience. And so if you can boil it down to the lowest common denominator and you're like, okay, 
we have a dairy-free person at the table and we have an egg-free person at the table. So I would choose a meal that accomplishes both of those things without, I would do, and with modifications is fine, but not so that you have to make two of something. Um, and at the back of Cook One Center Fix, I have a recipe index or a dietary restriction index. So at a glance, you can just scroll through and see kind of what meal um, will be compliant with what need. Unreal. I'm picturing everyone pausing the episode right now and buying the book just after that. (laughs) (laughs) All you had to say was that guide and everyone. (laughs) I get it. It can be really helpful. Yeah. Oh man. So, so good. Well, I know for um, a few weeks as people are listening to this, we'll be in pre-sale and then the book will be live. Um, So let's talk to pre-sale for a second. Um, what I know that there are a few perks for people that go and buy it right now. Um, can you tell people what those are and how to redeem them? Yes. So if you pre-ordering is a leap of faith and I get that. And I just want to thank you so much for doing because pre-ordering a book is, has actually have a really big impact on how well a book is received by industry at large. Right. And so if I want to, if we want it to be helped or it to be able to help more people, um, this is a really great way to do it. And so when you pre-order and you can pre-order it through Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, IndieBound, wherever you like to order a book, when you pre-order it, if you head over to fedandfit.com, we have all the little road signs set up to point you to where you can get your pre-order goodies. And there are now two eBooks, one that has a four dinner series. So kind of a, a, taste, if you will, of the concept in the book, but these are new. They're not duplicate from what's in the book. So it's all new content. It's just for you. And then the second ebook is lunches. And so it's a, it's a lunch fix style approach to this, uh, where you're able to prep one main ingredient and purpose it into two totally different lunches to help keep lunchtime really fun and exciting throughout the week. And then we also have a couple other fun things up our sleeves. There's going to be a launch party on September 10th. Uh, that's going to be virtual. And the only folks invited are those who pre-order and it's going to be really fun. I have some good friends coming to San Antonio, actually, we're all going to be shoulder to shoulder in our test kitchen, doing fun things like chopping onions and seeing who does the best job. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then after that, pretty straightforward, they could buy it wherever they buy books. Oh goodness. I'm so excited. Um, and September 14th, did you say that already? Yep. September. I don't think I did, but thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. I know. <laughs> it, it does. It comes out September 14th. So if you want to take advantage of these pre-order goodies, make sure you pre-order it before September 14th. And actually pre-ordering the book locks in the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if you would do this on Amazon, I know for sure that if the book drops in price, then you're guaranteed the lowest price it ever hit during the pre-sale period sure that everyone is stopping and getting the book. And I'm so glad. Um, I don't know. I'm so glad to just bring more attention to it. And I know that it will change the way that you guys host and cook at your own table. Um, it's already been so transformational for us, even just, just this week, but we end every episode with a few questions and I want to hear your answers too. Um, and the first one is, this is probably going to be super easy for you. Something that you've eaten recently and loved. Ooh, something I just had these simple mills, uh, graham crackers, these honey cinnamon 
kind of like a graham cracker style, a colleague of mine, Lauren, uh, brought them into the office today. And literally before I walked in here to get on this call with you, I was drinking water to like, um, finish eating them. They are delicious. So that would, uh, that's a box thing. It's not, it's not a recipe. Oh no, that's great. Yeah, it was great. Those are new for them. I think, right. I think they are. Yes. They have not seen them before. Okay. They're, um, advertising for, it was cute. Like their launch. These oh, I missed time. it. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. It was really cute. Um, I haven't tried them yet, but that sounds good. Um, the second one is something that you found beautiful lately. It could be anything. Oh gosh. Something. Oh, well it was. So last night, my husband was out of town last night and it was just me and our girls and sleep is kind of a challenge in our home for our small children right now. <laughs> seasons, you know, we go in and out of that season and my three-year-old, she was in the bed already. She had already pitter pattered her way down. And my 18 month old, um, woke up and was inconsolable at midnight. And so I, um, and because I'm pregnant, this is, I don't mean this to be such a long story, but because I'm pregnant, this big belly, my Bishop, our 18 month old, she has a hard time getting comfy on me uh, when she's going back to sleep. And so I just couldn't lay her down and I was exhausted. So I went and just propped myself up in our bed, uh, where my three-year-old already was and laid there and B Bishop was kind of crying a little bit and Grayson scooted over and she goes, um, are you okay, baby? And Grayson isn't much. She doesn't have a whole lot of words right now. She says, are you okay, baby? And then she reached over and held her hand and they fell asleep like that. And I was just like, I was, I was in that moment before that happened. I was feeling so sorry for myself because <laughs> I was like, of course, you know, my husband's out of town tonight and, right. and we're having a really hard sleep night now. And I'm going to have to be holding Bishop for the next six hours. And that, that moment just melted me. And I was like, all right, Lord, like, yes, I, I see it. This is the oh. joy. I'm going to hold on to this. So that was really beautiful. Oh, I love that. <laughs> They are so sweet. And what is it when husbands go away? It's always when my battery dies, when I faint in public, when I like, (laughs) oh my gosh, literally this morning, my battery died on my car. I'm telling you, I had everybody loaded up to go to school and I clicked the button and my batteries never died before on me like that. It was, my mom had to come rescue me. (laughs) Gosh, I I get it. I've been there now when he goes to leave, I'm like, don't go (laughs) (laughs) totally. Oh my gosh. Um, well, the last question is a gathering that you've been to that you felt a particularly strong sense of belonging at. Oh gosh. What a lovely question. Um, you know, I, this was a, this was last year. So this was almost a year ago. Um, so I've mentioned I'm an Aggie. I went to Texas A&M university and last fall they had their, so Texas A&M does a really great job of keeping their alumni really involved. Their former students mm-hmm. is what they call us. And they have this annual recognition program. You have to apply for it. So it's not like they go out and find you, but it's called the Aggie 100 and it's the top 100 fastest growing Aggie owned or operated businesses. And Fed and Fit was recognized. We were chosen and it was just, I was just excited to be able to apply because the eligibility is very particular. 
And, um, anyway, so I was chosen and it was, um, of course in the, like part of the throes of the pandemic and in a lot of ways still were in the season of not knowing what that meant. Right. And so the big celebration was off you know, driving to college station, all that was canceled. I was joking. A friend of mine was joking with me and she was like, for your personality type, are you thinking like, well, I might as well have not even won because I can't go. (laughs) Yes. Because I can't go to this thing in that event. I've been before when my parents have been honored at it. And it's just like, I had my mind's eye, you know, like that's what I had pictured. And my mom and dad are lovely humans. Um, but they just, they went the extra mile to build a celebration. They had a virtual event. So it was on zoom, right. And by then we're all like rolling our eyes. Oh, great. Another zoom event. Um, but they set it up in this conference room and had my favorite wine there, my favorite food they brought in. And they had this, you know, just thoughtfully responsibly spaced event. And it was just lovely. And I just thought, you know, I, what could have been, I could have just phoned it in from home on my couch, you know, and just said, oh, I might tune in, or I might just put up a laptop in the background and we'll order takeout that night. They really put the effort in to make it special and to recreate it. And that was just so, it was so lovely and it wasn't what I had pictured, but it was even better. Mm, So honoring of you and even, even more personalized than the the big gala, but yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way with numbers. And, um, every time my birthday rolls around, I always envision this party with like a hundred people. And, <laughs> and this year, my friend asked me, he was like, even if they don't know you, I'm like, yes, <laughs> no, that's awful. But I just, 100, I love I get people. It. Like the more, the better. I just, I love people. <laughs> yes. I totally get it. I was chatting. So we, I bet if it was chosen again this year Amazing. and, um, they're actually having the event in college station and I was inviting my family, my family members, but in text message the other night and my husband came in and I was like, I would love to host y'all at this table. And Austin said, it means I have to buy them tickets. Right. Yeah. And Austin said, Cassie, they can buy their own tickets. If, if, you know, if they want to come and celebrate you, you don't have to buy people's tickets to come and celebrate you. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. I was like, I want to buy their ticket to ensure that they come because the <laughs> gift to me is them being yeah. there. Like that is a gift to me that I is worth the investment. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Are you a Enneagram three? I am. Well, I thought I was for a very long time. And I think I recently realized I had a new awakening. I think I might be a seven. Um, <gasps> but I, okay. I, I was a big pivot. Um, but I thought I was a three for about five years. I was masquerading. Um, but I am on the love languages chart. Quality time is my number one. And huh. so that's, it just means it's, it's just so affirming. Like why people being there, just being there is what fills my cup. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sweet. And I'm so glad they get to be there. That's so cool that you're going yeah. to have both types of experiences with it, right? Like the, the intimate ones your parents had, and then the one, yeah, um, yeah the big celebration. That's really cool. Well, where can people find you? I try to keep it pretty simple. So fedandfit.com is the website. It's got, gosh, I think 1200 recipes on there and wellness articles. That's really where you'll find everything. And then on social media, I'm probably the most active on Instagram over at the fed and fit page. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys can find all of the links for everything we talked about today in the podcast notes and be sure to go follow Cassie and Fed and Fit and we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Have you ever felt that if only I could get a home makeover, I would feel so much more comfortable in my space? Well, listen, I have felt that way too, and I might just have the answer for you. If you are from Connecticut, Coastal Concepts Connecticut would love to work with you. Everything from wood flooring to window treatments and everything in between, they are sure to bring you the upgrade and the beauty that you are looking for to transform your space. Their goal is to offer customers with the best products, unrivaled customer support, attention to detail, and all at the best price. Guys, it is all from the comfort of your own home. Listen, if you are interested in reaching out or even calling to ask them a few questions, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from Making Room Podcast by Gather Intentional Living. Do you want to learn more? You could find them at Coastal Concepts Connecticut dot com or on Instagram at Coastal Concepts CT.